0: Hi guys Nairobi is cold Kajado. Hi guys welcome back again to Grunas Podcast. My name is Catherine, your host. I hope you have been enjoying our new episodes on YouTube and on all your favorite podcast platforms. Yeah I hope you're enjoying this journey with me. I am totally enjoying it like it's literally the one thing like researching for this podcast. Um, shooting and editing, recording, it's literally the one thing that I'm not struggling to do, currently. I'm struggling with everything else, even binge-watching. Anyway, I wanted us to just talk about um, beauty standards. In the main case, because I have been thinking about it and I have come to a conclusion that the two cannot be left um, alone, they have to be together. So, I don't think I have ever um, thought of myself as like ugly or like saw myself as an ugly person. Maybe it's because I was always surrounded by brothers <laughs> rather a brother and like the whole thing about like being pretty, being beautiful, like doing your nails or like keeping your hair certain away, it has never bothered me like at all. Um, so when I hear like people talking about how they, they felt ugly or like you know they had to do things for them to like feel beautiful. I've never had a problem. Also, I had a very
1: <laughs> nice
0: aunt who would gas me up like the entire time. She'd be like, "You're the most like since I was really small, the most beautiful girl in the whole world." Blah blah. blah you know, parents. Yeah, and so as I was thinking about this topic. I was like, I've never felt ugly, but I've also not felt like comfortable in my own skin. Which means that believing or like thinking that you're beautiful is not the same as being comfortable or confident in your own skin, in your own body. Um, Yeah, so let's talk about that. Welcome to Grown As Podcast, a podcast by Catherine, a grown ass woman, showing you the way around this world of grown ups. (laughs) Just kidding. Don't you very wish there existed such a podcast by such a person? Lol, sorry to disappoint. It's just me, a young girl. Jonas in her mind, sharing her experience in this adulting journey. So, again, welcome to Grown As Podcast. And so as much as I thought I was beautiful, I was never comfortable on my own skin, in my own body, which is crazy. Cause how can you think you're beautiful but not be comfortable in the beauty that you believe yourself to be? I think like not, me not feeling comfortable in my own, this began when I was probably 13, beginning, beginning. beginning. In the beginning, in the, in the beginning, in the beginning, beginning from 13 years when I was 13 years old, I began not to feel comfortable in my own skin and partly I think it's because um, as I was growing up I was not allowed to wear trousers by my dad, my dad he was always against it. And I tried not to fight him until, well, I became a teenager. I just began doing whatever the hell I thought I felt like doing. And wearing trousers, jeans, specifically, was what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so, um, even as I began wearing jeans, um, I was always, like, told by my mom, of course not to wear like short dresses and any time I'd wear like uh, a skirt or anything that was even just a little bit clearing to my skin. I was asked to wear something buggy to cover my hips and my ass. You know when like you're 13 and you you begin to have hips and all that, yeah. So I was asked to make sure I covered. And I think it was um, deeply engraved into my mind that it's always supposed to be covered up. It's something that I'm still struggling with up to now. I mean, I tried not to cover my ass with my hips when I wear jeans or tights or whatever. But um, it's still going to, like I'm still like going to feel some type of way. And so I was, as I was thinking about this topic and about this episode, um, I really wanted to understand how, how and why am I not comfortable in my skin, especially surrounding this area. My hips and butt area, yeah. And so um, like my mom not letting me um, wear like jeans with like, a top that did not cover at least half half of my thighs or few quarter of it, the whole of my but I think it was it was because of, once she's a woman. She knew, whether consciously or subconsciously, she knows that the male gaze exists, right? And I think it was a way for her to try and, like, avert that gaze, of course, from the society and the men around to avert that gaze from me to, like, anywhere else. Like, as long as I was not feeding into the male gaze, I think she was good to go, she was okay. Yeah, which... got me thinking that then... And so when I got, after high school, or... Yeah, after high school, and when I got to campus, I slowly began to, like, wear leggings and, like, tights with very, like, tiny tops. Also jeans, like very tiny tops, um, crop tops even. (laughs) And I think for me it was an act of rebellion. As much as at the time I did not share it was an act of rebellion. It was an act of rebellion like, um, okay, I'm aware what I want to wear, whether you look at my ass or not, Uh, whether my mom wants me to wear um, this or not, I'm still going to wear it. And of course, before I stepped out of the house, I just look at myself and be like I'm not really comfortable, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think it was an act of rebellion. It was like a way for me to get back the ears that I felt like was stolen from me, um, for me not to wear jeans or pants and um well as much as I wore like pants from like twenty 20- 10-ish when I was, how old was I? I was probably 10. Yeah, but I was still asked to like cover completely. So I was really like, what's the point? Anyway, um, yeah. So I do that as an act of rebellion and I think I went through faces because then I would cater for the meal guests, right? But I'd tell myself that I'm not like catering for it. I am, like as much as it is catering for the meal guests, um, I'm still, I'm doing it just because I want to do it is for my own needs, for me to cater for my own needs and not for the men that are around me. Of course, I did not receive the best uh, comments or, yeah, it was not received well, especially by men on the streets. I'd sometimes get back to the house and really cry, especially when it was done in front of, My friends, when I was with friends, and would all act like it did not happen. I always felt very violated. Yeah. (laughs) What was the topic of this podcast again? Um, And so as much as I passed through that phase, of um, catering to my own needs but at the same time catering to the milkies. I then came to a point where I um, I didn't I wanted to rebel against catering for the milkies. My story was supposed to talk about better standards in the milkies my story aside, we're going to come back to it in a minute. Um, we all know that pretty privilege exists, right? Um, that when you, when someone's pretty enough, they're most probably going to get a job. Someone's going to give them a chance to speak. Someone's going to listen to them. But who exactly determines this? Determines these standards? Pretty by what? Someone's pretty by what standards? Of course the society has set those standards. We found them here, right? And they keep evolving by... Yeah, every time they keep evolving. Um, And I feel like they have always been... Let's talk about the women. Men aside, just this once or twice, I don't know um, as we are talking about pretty, pretty privileged, pretty privilege in, in, on the side of, like, women. I think that, um, mainly, the standards were created on the basis of the male gaze. Like, someone was beautiful as long as the men approved Yeah, and so it's sort it has sort of like extended to us as women. We sort of like have like a man inside of us who um, who is always there as we look at ourselves to determine whether we we are pretty or not, whether we feel pretty or not. It's by a man's standard, and. Um, what really like aches me is that, um, when someone we like judge people when they go to extremes to make themselves beautiful, of course that they're trying to meet the standards that have been set by the society, right? And what we do not understand is that as much as right now it may not seem like a, a survival tactic. In the past it was. Being pretty was truly a matter of like life and death for a woman, in that, um, of course, women were not allowed to work, right? So for you to survive, you needed to, to get married to a rich man. And for a rich man to accept you as their wife, you needed to be pretty enough for them, for them to marry you. And so, like, people using um, makeup, going for surgeries, um, using all these cosmetics to feel like they are beautiful is really, was really a matter of life and death. As much as right now it may not seem like it, it kind of is still, because if you are pretty enough, then you might get a chance um, um for people to like listen to you and hear what you have to offer even when you're just like looking for a job or when you're about to like speak to a group of people of course they're going to judge you by how you look in the beginning and then they're going to decide whether or not they're going to pay attention to you or not but then there's also this like extreme where um you, you are pretty and yes they're going to give you the time of day to like um listen to you um but sometimes um people might not really look past your beauty like they might look at you just for the beauty, just for your face, just for the way that you look, and they're not being—they're going to think that there's really nothing more to you than just a pretty face. It's—it's it's actually a phrase that people have come up with in that um, someone cannot be pretty and be good at math. Someone cannot be, you know, like the blonde, dumb type of um, female character that is always portrayed in movies. So they kind of like... um, perpetuate this idea that someone cannot be pretty and smart. And when you are not pretty, then it's going to be really hard for you um, for, for it's going to be really hard for you for you to get to like for you to get people to listen to you and hear what you have to offer and so this like makes it just like makes things really hard and I think um, all of this has been uh, all of this comes from um, the BT standards that have been set um, by the Male, males, male ways in the society. And so like bringing me, bring me, bring me back to the story, my story, the one that I told you about, like after my, after the whole rebellious act and then like, I just like started to dress, to just like feel pretty and feel beautiful. I passed, I passed to that stage as well, and then I got to the stage where I did not like want to make effort at all, but the problem is I do not want to make effort, and I tell myself that um, I will not cater to the male gaze, <laughs> I know that I am, I am shitty, I do not have to like prove to anyone that I am pretty, blah blah blah, but the problem comes when I do not want to make that effort, but I still want um, the male validation. I still want men to think that I'm beautiful. Of course, I want everyone to think that I'm beautiful, but mostly this validation, um, I'm most probably going to seek it from the men that are around me. And so for me, um, lately, stepping out like from um, or like staying away from men or like limiting my presence around men. Lately has been, in the beginning was an act of rebellion just so that I don't feel like I'm trying to seek male validation but the problem is that we're still going to seek it on social media. but. Um, I might not have like found a way for me to step out of this place where I seek male validation for a lot of things, um, but it's probably because the system has been set um, with a standard of male validation point. Um, but I think just the fact that I know that I might have been seeking male validation in the past, like I was doing things just to seek this validation and as much as I um, like limited my interactions with male, uh, most especially, um, like with romantic and sexual relationships, um, and just to like be with myself, be by myself. I think that is a way that I can be able to move around this and like figure out a way to be able to fully step away, step out from this environment of like seeking male validation and be able to just be myself without really the need to feel like I need to be validated by the male in the society or the man man that has been created inside of me. I might not have figured out how to go about it, how to solve it, but I know for a fact that just the um, little fact that I know that this thing exists, I know that I've had this habit in the past, I know that I can be able to figure out a way. And I hope you can too. Um, I feel like I I have just rambled a lot in this episode, but I hope you got my point. I hope you like... Yeah, share with me your opinions, your thoughts about this in the comment section or in my DMs. I'm going to leave the links in the description box. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Like, subscribe, share, please share, comment. It helps. On my part, you might help someone that you might share this with. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bruna's Podcast. I hope you enjoyed lunch or had some intriguing thoughts about something anything share your comments thoughts or even shout outs to that message button or find us on instagram at grunas underscore podcast or go ahead and check out our website at www.grunaspodcast.com for blog posts this episode and more subscribe or follow grunas podcast on any of your favorite podcasts app you'll be hearing from me soon next week Wednesday to be precise bye love kathleen